Coming up on this episode of the Southeast Michigan Podcast, recruiting update, Jim Harbaugh, Big Ten Media Days, and we start the East breakdown with Rutgers, Indiana, and Michigan State coming at you right now. Alright ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It seems like it's been forever, mainly because I uh, was in <clears throat> the Windy City. I was in Chicago for five days from last Wednesday to Sunday. And each year they have this uh, National Sports Guard Collectors Convention and uh, all types of things to do there. And every other year it's in Chicago and then it bounces between that and Cleveland, Atlantic City, Back in the day, it used to be out on the West Coast from time to time. But uh, I was there buying some cards, getting some stuff for the memorabilia in the man cave. And, uh, you know, got the autograph uh, from Charles Woodson and Kirk Gibson. So uh, meeting those two were, was was pretty cool. But uh, anyways, we are back to talk some Michigan football and begin our East Division breakdown. So... Another jam-packed episode for you, uh, and just like the West Division, we are starting out with the bottom three teams uh, on how they finished last season. But a lot of, like I said, a lot to get to. So we're going to start with the recruiting update. So over the last month, essentially, we've been kind of waiting on the decision of Aaron Scott, and we mentioned him last week. Uh, you know, the question was, is he going to go to Oregon, his favorite team growing up as a kid? Is he going to go to Michigan, and is he, or is he going to go to Ohio State and follow his friend Bryce West, who's already committed there? So, um, essentially, that's what happened. Aaron Scott did commit to Ohio State July thirtieth. Uh, he committed on his dad's birthday. His dad's a big Ohio State fan, and uh, this was kind of salt in the wound. Now, a lot of, a lot of Michigan fans, a lot of recruiting pundits out there, you know, oh, you know, Aaron Scott, what did surprise me? And this didn't surprise me either, but Aaron Scott, you know, hopefully he does, he does great things, right? Has a good career, even in possibly the NFL, but man, he did Michigan dirty. So uh, I'm driving home from Chicago Sunday and it's like, uh, you know, there's a, obviously a one hour time difference. And so when I get through, I'm probably... I want to say I'm just past South Bend on the turnpike. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, this is this happened. This is uh, th- this is, this decision happened. Well, I don't follow Aaron Scott on Instagram, and that's where it was originally posted. But uh, I click on his account as I'm driving. I know I shouldn't be on my mobile device, but uh, I don't see anything. Then I check in like a half an hour later when I'm getting gas and uh, as I'm filling up. He uh, is sitting down at the table with his parents, and you see the Michigan duffel bag, and you're like, mm, okay. And then he uh, opens up the duffel bag, pulls out an Ohio State jersey, and then puts it on. I'm like, damn, that's uh, 
that's a hell of a troll move. So congrats to Aaron Scott. And Ohio State is putting together a great class, and now they are, I believe, pretty much either one or number two on all recruiting services' uh, websites. So Michigan loses out on uh, uh, Justin Scott, the defensive lineman, which was basically almost considered a shoe-in to Michigan. And uh, he goes to Ohio State along with Bryce West. So they got a, a hefty trio there just in that alone. So, where does Michigan go from here? They need some DBs and need them in a hurry. They've lost uh, out on a few of them already. You know, uh, was it uh, Tara Nichols? I think he's the one that went to Kentucky. Or they, and they lost Lester to Florida State, or at least they were, you know, recruiting those guys. They picked four of them. They didn't get any four of them. Any of the four. So uh, they have a lot of make a lot of making up to do. It's only August. A lot a lot can happen from now until then. You know I don't plan on seeing Aaron Scott or Bryce West decommitting, but Michigan needs to keep their class, hold on to the guys they have, and uh, you know like I said before, they have an opportunity to 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 bring home a top ten class, but them being two or three for about two months now over the summer, you know that's uh, that's fading away. Uh, so anyways, you know, and also too, uh, dealing with recruiting right before we went live, um, Michigan got a 2025 pledge though in, hold on a second. Let me look up the kid's name. I, I know the kid's last name, but I already forgot his first name. So give me, give me one second as I look this up. So right now Michigan is number five on rivals for 2024. So in the class of 2025, they just picked up Bobby Conca. He's a four-star defensive end out of Howell, Michigan. So he basically joins a class of three commitments right now, which, according to Rivals, is fourth overall. They got Chris Ewald Jr. from Hollywood, Florida. He was back in December. Montrez Walker, he's a uh, four-star linebacker, and he was um, he, he pledged back in February. Well, real quick, Montrez Walker, I think I've seen, pretty sure i seen this on, on his Twitter yesterday that he is, I won't say he's decommitting, but it sounds like he's opening up his recruitment and taking more visits, so not necessarily a great thing because uh, he is a big-time linebacker from Georgia, and, and Michigan needs this kid, like, really bad. And uh, with Bobby Conco, whatever, he is, you know, going into his junior year of high school, so... You know, he's going to get more offers right now, but it's really Penn State, Michigan State. Once, uh, yeah, actually, it had, does not have a offer from Wisconsin, but he has visited there. Um, and, you know, a slew of uh, Mac schools and Kansas. Um, I guess Tennessee, too. So, um, nonetheless, you know, Michigan's recruiting is going to be a thing to watch here. Um, and all you got to do is win on the football field and uh, let it speak for themselves. Uh, so, anyways, that's your your uh, your recruiting update, I guess. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, we lose Aaron Scott. Get by the Conca. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jim Harbaugh in Big Ten Media Days last uh, last week or weekend, same time I was in Chicago. They had the Big Ten Media Days, and we addressed last week's episode that. Northwestern was pulling out and was not going to attend because of the hazing 
controversy and all the legal action that's being done right now. And they didn't want to, you know, have that be a distraction while they're there. But what was a sort, some sort of distraction with for Jim Harbaugh at Big Time Media Days is he was asked multiple times about his ongoing investigation with the NCAA and his um, his violations, which we, we touched on briefly as well last week. Um, you know, basically Jim Harbaugh said that uh, he wasn't going to talk about it, but uh, he was still asked the question about like three or four more times and still deflected and, and punted away and said, you know, listen, I'm not, I don't feel ashamed of what, what's been done, but... You know, talking about the uh, the team currently and, and what the future holds for the season. Um, all right, so. Let's go into what was said at Big Ten Media Days amongst the players. Um, so, yeah, outside, uh, we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about what Jim Harbaugh said too, but. So Chris Jenkins, Mike Sanders still, and Blake Corum followed him there. And, uh, you know, essentially, it's probably going to be your captains uh, for the season. So Jim Harbaugh yeah, praised J.J. McCarthy, calling him a once-in-a-generational-type quarterback at Michigan, commenting on how the players interact with him and how he interacts with his teammates, uh, like Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen does. And, you know, basically just couldn't say anything negative about him and not comparing them, you know, skill level wise to those guys, but uh, just complimenting on how that uh, his leadership level is kind of, is, is really, you know, ascending upwards. But, uh, I mean, outside of that is, is pretty much, I guess, after what I read his transcript, that's pretty much what I got to take away from it. You know, Jim Harbaugh does a lot of coach speak and says a lot of weird things usually. Um, euphemisms is, you know, his metaphors, all that kind of stuff is is uh, his M.O. But um, let's move on down to what uh, Chris Jenkins said. So Chris Jenkins obviously is, you know, poised for a big season ahead. He's going to be asked and required to do a lot. Uh, stepping in this big role here. Uh, he was asked about the Georgia drill. If you guys don't remember the Georgia drill, we talked about it in a previous episode where, you know, Michigan last year did the beat Ohio drill or really in 2021 to put more emphasis on the game. And now they're doing it with Georgia. And, um, you know, the reporter asked him, you know, what, what does that really entail? And it's basically, you know, if you want to, to be the best, you have to beat the best. So they've installed a trench battle that's geared at the end of each practice. And so uh, obviously, you know, the trolls on Twitter or what we call X now, because it has now been changed by Elon, Elon Musk. But, you know, other teams are going to try to use it as ammo. But again, you know, they're, it's, it's all about the mindset and uh, trying to prepare for hopefully a national title run. And I agree. You want to you want to take down Goliath, you know, you, you got to get that big. So I'm all for it. Good to hear. Um, Mike Sanders still 
I'll comment on the emphasis the team uses in prep for Ohio State. Again, essentially, they're putting emphasis on beating a team like Georgia, just trying to get better each day. Um, he mentions that J.J. has really elevated his leadership qualities, kind of like how Jim Harbaugh did. You know, he's happy to see that Blake Corm's back and healthy, and Josh Wallace has the ability to make an impact, immediate impact on uh, defense this season. So, again, if you don't know who Josh Wallace is, quarterback that, is, uh, that came in from uh, UMass and expected to have a uh, big role there because outside of Will Johnson and Mike Sanders still – you know, that that third cornerback spot or nickel or whatever, the, that interchangeable spot there is kind of up for grabs. Uh, Blake Corum, obviously a fan favorite, was asked a lot of questions. Uh, you know, he says he feels 100% after his rehab, um, and he really came back this season because he feels like there's some unfinished business. Uh, he wants to beat the rivals and uh, not look ahead you know, from week to week, but, you know, wants to complete the job and win the national championship. You know, says the team that is, the team is unified and has strong camaraderie, brotherly love amongst one another. And he, he holds himself to high standards as, along with his teammates. And, uh, you know, talk is cheap and he just wants to go out and finish, finish strong and get the job done. So, you know, Blake Corum is, is natty or bust and I'm all for it. And that's what I named, uh, the 2023, Michigan hype video on YouTube. So, yes, all for it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really the, what you can take away from Big Ten Media Days. You know, some people like to listen to coach speak for hours on end. I really don't, but there is obviously tidbits in there that, you know, you can uh, look into, and it's good to hear. You know, Blake Horn, you know, said that too, that his – he feel you know a lot of players too when they come back from injuries is like his you know they say well I'm I'm even stronger than I was before you know that's fine Danny at all obviously you know there's still some nervousness or whatever when he uh, totes that rock for the first time you know every you know all eyes are going to be on him and how he cuts how he moves so you know I'm sure we'll see it in uh, social media when you know Michigan puts out a uh, little highlight reel of their practices and whatnot to us. Uh, to spoon feed the fans a little excitement but anyway so that's your recruiting update that's your big 10 media days um like i said we have rutgers indiana and michigan state on deck uh coming up next Ah, uh, yes, Michael Barrett, two pick sixes against Rutgers last season in Piscataway. And that's who we are starting out with in today's breakdown. Starting from the bottom up, and we are at the Scarlet Knights. So, 2022, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights go 4-8 and eight and 1-8 one and eight in the conference. They have not had a winning season since 2014. And that, ironically, was the last time they beat Michigan. Uh, their defense is returning seven starters. Got a bright spot there. The offense really barely was above 17 points a clip. Defense gave up 29 points per game in 22. So 
right there is not a good recipe. Uh, they lost their final five games. And uh, looking into this season, looking ahead, it looks like they're gonna, their strength is really going to be um, at their linebacker position. So let's jump into their key losses. They're going to be losing 58% of their wide receiver production in yardage and 63% of their touchdowns, according to Athlon Sports. Uh, they also lost six-year senior quarterback Noah Verdal. Verdal. Uh, if you guys don't remember him, he was the quarterback that was lighting Michigan up in 2020. Pretty forgettable game outside of uh, the ending there with Kid McNamara providing that spark and Joe Milton, you know, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Uh, key additions. They're getting two defensive back transfers and Eric Rogers from Northern Illinois and Michael Dixon from Minnesota. Kirk Soraka or Soracha, hopefully I said that right, uh, coming in as an offensive coordinator. He's um, trotting over from Minnesota, and he was at Rutgers with Greg Schiano during their first run um, with like Ray Rice and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, pretty 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 simple key losses and key additions. Um, losing a long-time starting quarterback. Uh, however, last year they did uh, plug-and-play um, Gavin Wimsett, which I expect to be their quarterback going into this season. Uh, Rutgers over-under wins 3.5. So let's go through their schedule. Let's see if we get that. And again, I, I commented last week too, you know, outside of like Wisconsin-Iowa, I really don't see any, so far, any team going on the over. Um, but yeah, let's do it. So Rutgers... You know, starts out the year hosting Northwestern. Now, again, if you've listened to any of the episodes before, go back and listen to the, the first breakdown episode, which ironically was Northwestern at the time of the Pat Fitzgerald incident. I gave Northwestern three wins initially, and with uh, with everything that's been transpiring, uh, I, I took a win off their, their schedule, and I think they're, they're going to go 2-10. And, 10. and uh, so this is a, a fat L for the Wildcats. Uh, this might be a different outcome if Pat Fitzgerald... Uh, was there. I'd give him a slight edge, but uh, I think uh, Rutgers can can win the uh, season opener here. Hosting Temple the following week. I mean, who knows? <laughs> At this point, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Temple, but um, because Rutgers is at home, and I I do Gavin Wimsett has some. Well, I got I, I give him a little respect. I I, I think they can go two and zero. Then they get back-to-back uh, to, back to uh, oopsies here. They're hosting Virginia Tech, but uh, let's be honest, I don't think Virginia Tech is losing this. And then they go on the road at Michigan. This is a game where Jim Harbaugh potentially could be suspended, and uh, whether he's on the, on the sideline or not, this is going to be a loss. So right now we got the, the Scarlet Knights at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, they're at home for Wagner. Now, when I was doing the research for this episode, I was, uh, like, who the hell is Wagner? And the Wagner Seahawks is who Wagner is. And you know, you want to know where they're from? Staten Island, New York. Yeah, Staten Island, New York. FCS program. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, I don't know. 
let's give Rutgers a W here against uh, the Wagner Seahawks coming over from Staten Island. Uh, then they are on the road at Camp Randall. That's not going to end well for them. That's a loss. They, all right, so starting with Wisconsin all the way down, oh, I won't even spoil it. We'll see. All right, you'll, you'll see what I'm saying. So then they host Michigan State. That's a loss. They go on the road at Indiana. There's a lot of question marks in this game. I, I give the slight edge to Indiana. Uh, this is going to be a battle of uh, battle of some three potentially three win teams here, and uh, because it's on the road, give me the Hoosiers. Then they go on the road to Ohio State. Or sorry, they they're hosting Ohio State. Excuse me. It doesn't matter. Ohio State's winning this game. Then they go on the road back to back weeks against Iowa and Penn State. Uh, woof. Loss. Loss. And then they finish the year at home against Maryland. And again, if as long as Tagovola is healthy, I think Maryland uh, is going to blow the is going to blow Rutgers out. So, if you heard that correctly, a win in the first two weeks against Northwestern Temple, a win right before Big Ten play really gets going against Wagner, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven losses in a row. To make them three and nine, um, just like with Indiana, who we're going to be talking about next, Rutgers they, they just play in, in the Big Ten East, which is you know as of right now, the best slice of this cake of uh, of a conference. Obviously, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and sometimes Michigan State, but uh, yeah, they just got rough. So three and nine for the the, the Scarlet Knights that uh that's under their prediction take that for what you will uh let's move on down to uh the cream and crimson here or when they wear their basketball warm-ups they look like candy canes all right so indiana hoosiers <clears throat> who by the way i think i said in the opening uh the inaugural episode of this of this podcast i've only been to one road game that was at michigan state that is not true i i completely forget sometimes that I've been to Bloomington in 2017 when we saw Michigan win that in overtime. Bloomington is a phenomenal stadium. Gorgeous campus, gorgeous state. Love Indiana. The fans were adorable outside of the one car of frat boys that drove by and said some vulgar language about Ann Arbor, but it's all like good fun. Uh, 2022, Indiana went 4-8 and and they went 2-7 and seven in Big Ten play. They won three September games before dropping seven in a row last year. Um, so they kind of are basically predicting that for Rutgers. Uh, Tom Allen has gone 14 and seven, or Tom Allen went 14 and seven over the two seasons of 2019 and 2020. And since, since that uh, 2020 year, he's gone six and 18. So, I don't know, was that Michael Penix? Is that, you know, is that kudos to him or a little bit of both? But, yeah, Tom Allen is 16-18 uh, since uh, 2020. Not good. Uh, their key losses, they're losing two quarterbacks. One was their starter, Connor Basilak. Yeah, I believe he came from Wake Forest originally, and now he's transferring to Bowling Green. 
And I think the coach in Bowling Green has some ties to Connor, or Connor has is from Bowling Green area or something like that. There's something, there's a reason why he's going down there, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't write it down, but I want to say that I did read that somewhere. And they're also losing their backup quarterback, Jack Tuttle. He's transferring to Michigan, so Jack Tuttle is going to, uh, I've, you know, he's not going to be pushing J.J. for the starting spot. You know, they got Alex Orgy there anyway, but um, <clears throat> some experience, gone. Uh, their key additions, they're getting Taven Jackson from Tennessee, originally from the state of Indiana. Um, for some reason, I did not write down his position, so I'm pretty sure he is. Let's look that up real quick. Hold on a second. I can't believe I didn't write this on. He's a quarterback. Duh. So, he did Taven Jackson from the transfer portal. Let's look at his uh, stats real quick, because I'm intrigued if this uh, if this cat has got uh, some, some, you know, meaningful playing time. All right, so in 2022, he was a freshman, or technically a sophomore in eligibility-wise, but he threw four passes. Okay, so this guy is pretty green here. All right, sorry for the delay there. So Taven Jackson from the Tennessee Volunteers, originally from the state of Indiana, he's coming home. Christian Turner, and from Wake Forest, he's previously from Michigan. You know, Michigan fans, we know him. He, he's a running back. He's going to be entering his sixth year. Taking advantage of the COVID season. And Andre Carter from Western Michigan, he had 14 sacks over five seasons. So, got a little pass rush right there. So, I think that was one of the bigger problems for Indiana last year. Um, and probably in this just overall stretch here of 6 and 18, just not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. All right. So, they are also stuck at three and a half wins. Let's see what we got uh, the Hoosiers at. They, uh, again, are stuck in the Big Ten East, and uh, not much you can do about that when you're Indiana, in football at least. Week one, hosting Ohio State, cannon fodder, L. Second week, they're hosting Indiana State. We'll be kind of give them a W there. Then they host Louisville. You know, I don't know much about Louisville, but... Um, with the state of the program on how they are, you know, Brom is back at his alma mater. Give me Louisville here in the win. Indiana loss. So right now we got them at one and two. Then they host Akron. That's a win. So right now, two and two. Not not bad, right? Okay. So then we go back-to-back -back weeks on the road at Maryland, at Michigan. Not looking good for them either. Uh, then they host Rutgers, you know, as we've already noted, a lot of question marks, flip a coin here, I guess, but I'll give them a win over the, the Scarlet Knights. Um, they travel to at Penn State, going to be a loss. They host Wisconsin, loss. They go on the road at Illinois. Again, if you uh, missed the Illinois breakdown, you know, they lose Devin Witherspoon. 
But they get a lot of that front seven back. Um, give me Illinois there. They host Michigan State. They're losing that game. And then they finish the year on the road uh, at West Lafayette against Purdue. That's a loss. So kind of like how Rutgers is. They get uh, a couple early wins in the year. One right in the middle part. And then uh, just hit a bender on the tail in there. Again, just an awful, an awful uh, test here. I mean, I mean, even if you're, you know, one of the more prestigious schools in this conference, you know, on the road at Maryland, on the road at Michigan, on the road at Penn State, on the road at, I mean, that's, that's just not a good uh, formula there. Or not, you know, doesn't set you up for her. Uh, a lot of wins. Uh, so final projection three and nine. It, you know they could go two and ten. You know they could uh, they could lose that that Ruck, that Rutgers team is very much as well as win it. And um, you know you're just stuck in the East. Um, all right, let's get into Michigan State, aka I hope they get blown out in every game they play. So the Michigan t- Michigan State Spartans. The year four of Mel Tucker. Gross. And before I could finish that sentence, he took another photo op with a Mercedes-Benz and Pitbulls. All right, 2022, they went 5-7, and seven, and they went 3-6 and six in Big Ten play. Obviously, you know, a down year after, you know, what 2021 was with Kenneth Walker. And, uh, you know, we can all make, make all the jokes we want about how – Kenneth Walker, you know, really got uh, Mel Tucker that nice contract, you know. But let's get serious for a second. Um, quarterback shakeup. We'll get to that in a second. You know, they lose arguably their best player. We'll also get to that in a second. Their offensive line and defensive line should be some strengths. Uh, Jacoby Widman is back. He was one of the guys that got in that tunnel incident with Michigan and was suspended. And um, he is going to have a little chip on his shoulder. Um, entering this season, you know, they're, you know, they're looking to improve their nearly dead last secondary, these, you know, back-to-back years of 21 and 22. So despite having a little, uh, a, a, you know, bright spot on the run game in 2021, their, their secondary was absolutely atrocious. And, you know, you just watch the Ohio State, Michigan State game and, uh, you, you notice that it was, you know, rookie mode on NCAA 14 by halftime. Uh, key losses, kind of like how we just alluded to, Peyton Thorne, he is transferring to Auburn. So um, their backup right now is escaping me. No, is it Kane Hauser? He is in line for the next, the the, the gig. And what, is it Kane Hauser and Noah Kim? I'm not mistaken. Is that Noah Kim? I, I can't remember. I don't really care. But uh, they also lose Keon Coleman. He's transferring to Florida State, um, which he pretty much announced is because of the NIL. So Michigan State is even worse behind Michigan in uh, their NIL programs. Not, not as lucrative in uh, East Lansing than it is in, um, for the Seminoles. So pretty big. Pretty big losses there. You know, Peyton Thorne, you know, think what you will about him, you know, with his skill set. I mean, that's a lot of experience gone. And Keon Coleman is the player that I mentioned that is probably their best player. Um, You know, despite losing to Michigan last year in the big house, 
you know, Keon Coleman had 155 yards, I believe, and a touchdown and, you know, made a pretty sick uh, downfield catch over Jermaine Green. Um, key additions, <clears throat> Nathan Carter, running back from Connecticut, uh, Jaron Magnum from South Florida and previously Colorado, Colorado. He's a running back as well, 1,200 yards and 23 touchdowns in four years, and 15 of those 23 touchdowns came in his junior season. So <clears throat> uh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see on what type of, uh, uh, of athlete he is in the Big Ten. Um, Tunmise Adelaide, a former five-star edge in the 2021 class, uh, is transferring in from Texas A&M. So, you know, maybe we have another uh, Omobi Okoye, you know, Michigan thing, where he comes over from numerous stops, former five-star guy, and, and really shows uh, some promise, um, even though he Okoye transferred. Um or Moby, I can't remember that guy. He already changed his name like three times. But anyways, Tunmise Adelaide for Michigan State, you know, has potential here to uh, to bring some pressure off the edge. Now let's get into the schedule. Michigan State, five and a half. Five and a half wins, uh, according to MGM Sportsbook. Let's get into the schedule. Uh, <clears throat> they are, again... <laughs> All jokes aside, I, you know, as a Michigan fan, I, I'm realistically looking at this. So if any Michigan State fans are listening, and, uh, you know, you can come at me on X slash Twitter or, or the Facebook page. I don't care, but um, I'm going to give you my real, my realist opinion here. So they're hosting Central Michigan week one. That's, you know, that's going to be a win. Uh, they're hosting the Richmond Spiders. That's a win. And then I'm going to give them a loss here. I know they're at home and they're going to be playing Washington, but, you know, I, I was really bullish on Washington last season, especially because of Penix Jr., and he diced them up. Last last season he diced them up, and I think there's going to be – we're going to have an encore performance from uh, the Heisman Dark Horse quarterback for the Huskies. Um, they then host – so they, uh, they got four games in a row at home to start the season – their last home game against Maryland. Being at home and, and this being homecoming, I'm actually going to give Michigan State the win here. Again, I don't really, I don't trust the Terps defense a whole lot. Um, you know, last year they were they were pretty respectable, but, you know, I'll just give the Spartans a win here. So, you know, they're, they're right now where you are at 3-1. and one. Uh, Then they travel to Iowa. And again, if you listen to that Iowa preview, um, Iowa's going to win this game. You know, noon kickoff, night kickoff, doesn't matter. Uh, then they go on the road at Rutgers. That's going to be a win. They bounce back from that. Then they uh, host Michigan. This game is going to be, you know, this one's going to be on, on the whiteboard, cork board, the Bolton board. Man, I uh, I just hope that in Michigan's case that uh, none of the players do anything stupid and and, you know, Getting the you know obviously it's gonna be chippy. It's gonna get physical. Just don't want to uh, see anyone get hurt again, and we don't want anyone to, you know, do something stupid on either side and get kicked out of this game, and and then potentially, you know, lose eligibility for the first half of the uh, the following week. But uh, I got Michigan here, close. 
And I think this is going to come down to the trenches, kind of how it usually does. Michigan, you know, pretty much relied on the run game the whole time last year outside of a couple, you know, chance plays down the field. And J.J. McCarthy didn't really necessarily connect on them. But um, it's going to be a little bit different Michigan-looking team. Uh, Sparty with the L. Then they go on the road at Minnesota. If again, if you listen to the Minnesota one, I I, I kind of mentioned this being kind of a toss up. So, because it's a road game, and I think this has a, uh, a potential to be at night. Either way, I'm giving Michigan State a loss here. I think they bounce back at home against Nebraska though, and then they go on the road for two weeks in a row at Ohio State and Indiana. They lose the Ohio State one. I think Ohio State, even with Kyle McCord or whoever they have under center, I think there's just too much firepower there and uh, just too much for MSU to handle. You know, maybe Michigan State finish, figures out their secondary. Maybe they don't. Uh, but see the last two seasons. Uh, so, yeah, Indiana win. Uh, Penn State to close out the year at Ford Field. Now, this one is going to be kind of tough for me because, obviously, it's still in the state of Michigan. And East Lansing and Detroit is, you know, approximately three hours away from each other. Uh, you know, I think um, Noah Kim will have to have the game of his life. Or Kate Hauser, whoever's the quarterback. But it's pretty much, I think it's going to be Noah Kim. That's who I, I, so I got his name right. I have it written down at this part on my notes. I think that Penn State's going to win this game close. But I think uh, if Michigan State wins, it's going to come down to the quarterback play and he's going to have to ball out because we really don't have a wide receiver that we can really rely on, at least in my opinion, for Michigan State. You know, Reed's in, is in the NFL and Keanu Coleman's obviously gone. So uh, Penn State close. Um, and it's been a while since we had an over, but I think uh, my final projection here is going to be 6-6. Six and six. This team goes places if Noah Kim becomes Kirk Cousins. Middle of the road otherwise. And that's just my honest take there. And that's no trolling, nothing. And I feel like I just have to to lay that out there on the line in case Spartan fans are listening to this for the first time. So uh their over over under was five and a half. I think they can get this so uh get this over here. And I think the if I could pick any win that could probably sway the other direction, it'd probably be Nebraska or Maryland. Um so yeah, that's where we're at. Uh first three teams next week. Again, we're, we're getting close. It's not only August 1st during this recording, um, just because it's August 1st, but uh, this is the first day of uh, practice for at least Michigan. So a lot to get excited to, uh, a lot to get excited for, and we're getting ever so close. So next week, uh, we'll be talking pretty much any news or notes that comes up, any recruiting news that shows up as well, but uh, we'll be mainly here for the Maryland Terrapins and the Penn State and the Lions. And uh, we're getting ever so close to the Michigan House State finale. So appreciate you guys listening. Uh, please like, rate, follow, share, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and then over at X, again, shoot me any questions you want, any discourse you want on the Facebook page. It's, you know, Southeast Michigan Podcast. Uh, Twitter, it's at... S E underscore M I underscore pod and all those letters were uh uppercase. Looks like semi pod. <laughs> but 
But uh, yeah, comment, disagree, agree, whatever you want. And uh, again, we're not really there at this point of the, the podcast to really like throw out a mailbag, you know, and have a ton of questions to uh, have an episode on. But uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, shoot them my way and uh, we'll discuss them. So again, thank you for listening. See you guys next time.